0: For our first message today we have a split sermon from mr. David hope in title nearly halfway there and still counting mr mr hope Thank you mr. Nolan and good afternoon everyone beautiful sunshiny day in Tulsa Oklahoma it's been little out of sequence here. It's been nearly a year and a half since I've spoken up here. I uh, said something that uh, they took me off the speaking schedule for and I'll tell you what I said. I said please take me off the speaking schedule. <laughs> I had had several things going on at that particular time. I was in the middle of nursing a, a cluster break in my right shoulder. Three weeks later my wife fell and broke her opposite shoulder so we were trying to dress each other and I was due to have two knee replacements done sometime throughout the year so I didn't know how dependable I would be you know you don't like to say well some so-and-so would you trade with me and all that and uh, so anyway I was able, I was away from it for a while and I'm out of sequence I even got off we like to give uh, the people in the sound booth um, the scriptures that we're going to use that day so that he can, you know, they can keep it transitioned. I had it on a three-by-five card. paper clip to this. I put my notes in my Bible and, and got off without the deal. So I, uh, Brian, during the song services, had to real quickly run the copier because I don't know how to do it. And uh, hopefully he can read my handwriting. Anyway, but... Uh, But I'm encouraged. This is a wonderful season that we're in right now, and uh, uh, like Scripture said, I mean, the title said halfway here and still counting, and everybody will be answering your question a little bit, what day is this, you know, so most of you probably already know, and uh, since we're in the these of the Pentecost, and that's what we're counting down for, the Pentecost, and I'm my message pretty well, for the most part, contained within that. Uh, we'll start where we've already read probably earlier in the year, uh, over in Leviticus 23, just to kind of get our feet wet a little bit. And when it comes to talking about the offerings and the sacrifices and all that, we don't do that now, but we do do the, the Holy Days. And I'm going to start in uh, Leviticus 23, verse 1 through 16. Very familiar to most people in this way. Leviticus 23, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Jews. Oh, no, nope, I'm sorry. Feast of the... God. Feast of the Lord, not the Jews. Most people will say that's the feast of the Jews which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts, God speaking. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You should do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So at this particular time, uh, God is combining all of the holy days and, and the Sabbath together. Verse 4, these are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their season, in the 14th day of the first month, at even is the Lord's Passover, which we had just celebrated, and, you know, for the most part, a lot of of people in in some of the churches, they, they don't, if they don't understand the Passover and some of the things that happened at that time, how can they connote? connect the two with, though the Lamb of God, you know, Jesus our Passover, if they don't understand the the original Passover and what it meant to them, how can they understand this? You know, if they're just new, they're just novices and they haven't read much of the Bible, uh, if, if you don't understand some of the old holy days, you're not going to get the full intent out of it. And the 14th day of the first month... That even is the Lord's Passover. On the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And you'll notice the New Testament, we'll talk about that briefly also. Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days, now some people uh, there for a long time, I didn't catch the, the first part. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. I always thought it was, uh, you just don't eat leavened bread. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how long it's been before I figured it out. I don't want you to know how dense I am. But anyway, it was a little while before I realized that you've got to eat unleavened bread every day. In the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And like I said, we don't do these offerings and stuff nowadays. Uh, but I'm going to read it anyway. Holy convocation, you shall do no servile work therein. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, When you become into the land which I give you and shall reap the harvest thereof, then shall you bring a sheath of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And most of us realize that even though Jesus was the Passover you know in our day and age he was a Passover but he's also the wave sheaf offering are you, you notice uh, that I don't have it written down but uh, the day the first day of the week you know after Jesus was resurrected on Saturday evening sometimes Saturday afternoon uh, Mary wanted to touch him and he said touch me not for I have not ascended to my father even though he was a wave sheaf offering he had not ascended at that particular time he did later that day because they saw him in the you know, where the apostles were gathered together for fear of the Jews and and that's another situation where a lot of people will tell you that was a Sunday service that they were keeping there when when the disciples were the doors were closed and locked and all that. And they and some of the commentaries will tell you that that this this was a Sunday service, you know, the the, the uh, apostles realized Jesus was out of picture now, and, and uh, you know, this, this is going to be a, a new time, the first day of the week. The only thing is, eight days later, I think it was eight days later, uh, they met again in that room. So what was that, a Monday service that particular time? You know, it's going to be uh, facetious about it. But anyway, just just an aside. And he should wave the sheep before the Lord to be Accepted toward you on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave, wave it. And there's been over the years people have been around our congregation for a while, and even some of those out there listening today. Hopefully, there's we've got a good crowd out there today. Uh, a lot of there's been a lot of controversy over the years, years past, about when do you keep. When do you start counting? And some of them even start counting on the uh, when the uh, Passover, you know, is never on a particular day of the month. I mean, a particular day of the week, every year, It it's the same. It's the 14th day of the first month. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will start counting for Pentecost. Just say, for instance, Passover's on a Wednesday. They'll start counting on the day after that holy day, and they come up with the wrong deal. I was really surprised I got into uh, Google. I don't I don't use my phone all that much. A lot of times I don't even have it on. I just accidentally had it on a couple of times this week and got a good job from a customer of mine I've had for about 25 years. But anyway, uh, I got on Google and I guess Google does know everything, don't they? I'd, I'd gotten a conversation with uh, one of my wife's relatives here a year or so ago before Facebook kicked me off of it uh, I said well, Google's not the ultimate authority but I, I did yesterday last night I guess uh, just to see what they'd say and I was really surprised with what Google said about uh, I said how do you count for uh, I can't remember even what I said now but how can you count how do you count for the uh Day of Pentecost, and they had some pretty good articles in there. One of them was pretty long, so anyway, so you can look on that, and and, and they had some. They they also gave uh, some of the discern the uh, different views that I mentioned a well while ago, and they proved how they were wrong also. So we're, for my part, maybe arrogant, but uh, I, I feel that we're doing it right. Anyway, yes, it. And the meat offering thereof, okay, and you shall offer that day when you weigh the sheep and uh, he lamb, and like I said, we don't do that. Uh, lemmys uh, first year, burn offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil and offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor. And the, I should have just skipped all this, but anyway, we okay. Uh, and drink offering fourth part of the hen and you shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the self same day that you brought the offering unto the Lord your God it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. and you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath the weekly Sabbath not the high day Sabbath and you look and some of your Strong's books, and you'll look at some of the, uh, that 7676 is a weekly Sabbath, um, and 7677 is a high day, high holy day. Anyway, from the morrow after the Sabbath, the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete, and some people will say, too, well, that means seven weeks, you know, and they come up with all kinds of things, but uh, you can prove it wrong, and, and Mr. Google Will correct that too, probably better than I do. But even to the morrow, and here's the stopping point. Even to the morrow after the seventh Sabbath, shall you number fifty days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So if I say day after Sabbath next week, when, when, when would you be? Well, you'd start counting on Sunday, and 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 some of them have the. Uh, uh, they, they count away from that some of them use it inclusively but uh, Hebrew had always meant inclusive it meant the same thing now we'll go over to New Testament here a little bit go to John I guess Brian's keeping it with me so far I've had one scripture John 14, 15 through 16, or 15 and 16. Wait a minute. I gave you the wrong scripture here. Well, I may not have to ask him to take me off. Keep messing up. I need more experience, I guess. Uh, John fourteen, verse fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, come over here. Jesus talking this was the last night he was on earth before he was crucified and and most of the time we cover this during the, the Passover evening when we have the foot washing and the breaking of the wine or breaking of the bread and drinking the wine. I'm breaking into thought, if you love me, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that, you may, uh, that he may abide with you forever, and that was one of the things, uh, before I was baptized in the early days, I was looking forward to that comforter, because I knew how hard it was for me to learn to memorize scripture and all that, and and I thought that was going to be a panacea. I thought it was really going to make me brilliant, and make me smart. And uh, it did help, uh, more than what it was. But Anyway, but uh, uh, we take advantage of that comforter over the years. You know, every, we, I don't know what we would do if we didn't have the comforter with us, the Holy Spirit, to, to guide us and help us. And, and if we get into a better, bad attitude, it'll help us on that. It'll help us in so many, many ways. That uh, we so we are so blessed by having that comforter. Now go back to uh, Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke 24 verse. 34 through 49. Another thing, I don't like to be negative. One thing I was criticized about years ago was quit being negative, you know, quit talking to yourself, blah, 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 and everything else. And, uh, but my, both of my computers, my, la- my desktop computers are on the blank. I pulled out my old trusty uh, uh, laptop that I used for years, and that stupid thing. I hooked it up to my printer, and I did the first part of it, did really good, and I start trying to get the uh, Bible uh, program I had on there to merge with this, and everything I'd put on the thing, it would put in code. I'd hit a letter, and it would put a number. I'd hit another letter, like, you know, the write John or something, and it'd come up with a question mark or something else, so I'm totally new right now. I'm doing everything by hand. I didn't even get into the cut and paste. But uh, I'll make it. Anyway, but I appreciate you guys being out there today. And Doyle offered here a while back to stand up and catch some tomatoes for me. Where are you, Doyle? There he is back there. Doyle Carter offered to catch some tomatoes if somebody starts throwing them at me. Luke 24, how can you do that way back there? Okay, that's not going to happen. 24, verse 44. And he said to them, Jesus talking, same thing right at the end of the day, These are the words which I spoke spoken to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me then opened he their eyes to understanding that they might understand the scriptures and he said to them thus it is written and thus it thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and we see in the day of Pentecost that this has definitely been taking place and you are witnesses of these things and behold I send the promise of the Father upon you but tarry you into the city of Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high so Jesus knew this was just uh, before his final ascension to heaven and it was about what 40 days after his resurrection and uh, only 10 more days so the people knew what he was talking about you know you stay here until you're due with power you stay here until the day of pentecost and a lot of times the bible don't tell you every little thing it went on you know it's a, lot, a lot of things you just have to take you know this is logical this is what he really meant and, and uh, they, but anyway but they, he was telling them to hang in there until the uh, Day of Pentecost makes it a lot easier when you've got the printout, doesn't it? To me, it does. I've got Acts, second chapter. Acts, second, one through sixteen of. What do I have here? Acts two verse one. And Peter, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And sudden, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of the rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues and the Spirit gave them or as the Spirit gave them utterance and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation under heaven now when this was noised abroad the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. I'm not going to dispute the, the scripture, but to me it seemed like the, the, the miracle was in the hearing instead of the speaking. But um, scripture says it in their own language, and and uh, anyway, it sounded to me like it was their own. The message was in the hearing, but the Bible says the language that they talked. So. In and, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, or not, these quit speak Galileans, kind of like us in our country, uh, we can pick out a Texas out of uh, Texas dialogue really easy, or, or a New Yorker really is, is really easy to pick out a New Yorker. Uh, I can't even talk like them. But anyway, but uh, they had a distinct... Uh, the apostle had a distinct uh, grammar, and how hear we, every man in our own language, wherein we were born, and we'll read on after that, and we'll skip some of these hard names, and they were all amazed and were in da- and verse twelve. They were all in, amazed and in doubt, saying one to another, "What means this?" Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all of you that are that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known to you and hearken unto my word. For so these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, so it's still early in the morning yet. But this is that which was spoken of by Joel, and it had come to pass that in the last days said, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And I'm not going to go into any more of that, and you can read the rest of that in Joel. Over to Romans the eighth chapter. Romans eight chapter, just one verse for right now. Romans eight verse eleven. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, no, but if The spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. So if we're baptized and had hands laid on us and received the Holy Spirit, then uh, when, when the time comes, that spirit's going to quicken our bodies, whether we're alive or dead. Romans. Also in Romans 8, skip down to verse 22, 22 through 28, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together till now, and I don't think any of us can deny the fact that even the animals are suffering now. You look at what's been happening in places, the forest fires, you know. Millions of acres are being burned, and uh, wild animals and birds and things have been, you know, cooked alive. And, uh, you know, that's just, just in nature itself, you know, and the floods we've had. Uh, anyway, but, uh, we talk about the crime. I can't get into everything negative that's happening in the world right now, but everybody is in pain. <laughs> not in verse 23, not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it, the adoption of the body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered." And how many times have have you been in situations where you really don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray this thing, If you haven't been there yet, you most likely will be. There there are times that you know we just don't know what to say. But the spirit, like in verse 27, and he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when we're in prayer and we don't know how to how to pray, you know, we just don't have the right words for it but we we groan our heart, our body just aches, you know, God just intervene in us, however the best way, you know, and we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. chapter Acts 20 verse 13 and here breaking into a subject let me start up in verse 6 up here Uh, verse chapter uh, Acts 20 verse 6 give me a little history and we sailed away from Philippi, and after the Days of Unleavened Bread, so the apostles were, in the New Testament church were still keeping the Days of Unleavened Bread, and <coughs> the heading of my Bible says it's approximately 58 A.D., you know, several years after Jesus' resurrection in the New Testament church had not given up the Days of Unleavened Bread. They were still doing that. Anyway. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came to them to Troas in five days and where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, now here's another classic example of a Sunday service. This is when the apostles, the apostles changed the Saturdays to Sunday. This is a classic example, and, and even a lot of your... Uh, so-called educated uh, commentaries and people like that will even say that, and uh, that's a, that's another subject. We, I will ramble some on that if I get into it again. But anyway, but that's that's a classic example. I'll just read a little bit. Of, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached to them, ready to depart on the morrow. And continued his speech until midnight. And I will get into this later. I did it several years ago. And uh, I'll be a little better organized. I'll have one of my computer. Hopefully going. Uh, and then we'll drop down. To pick it up again. Pick it up again in Acts 20 verse 13. Through 16. And we went. And we went before to ship and sailed into Assos. At, Assos anyway, they're intended to take in Paul, for so he had appointed had appointed minding himself to go afoot. He was wanting to walk. He wanted to stay there and, and talk to the people back in uh, Philippi. And when he met with us at Assos, we took him in and came to Midlilini, here you read that, Midlilini. And we sailed then and came the next day over against Chios, and the next day we arrived at Samos and tarried there, tarried at Triglysalinamon, and the next day we came to Miletus. And for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus, because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hastened, and if it were possible, for him to be at Jerusalem, the day of Pentecost. And my wife and I can identify with that. Uh, we've taken several trips to California on our motorcycle, and, and a lot of times it's around. Uh, end of May, 1st of June, and, and her birthday right around that time here, too. And uh, uh, we had planned, if possible, this, this first year, I think we went out there, uh, to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico on Pentecost, which means we were going to get at the uh, in town of Albuquerque on Friday evening, keep the Sabbath there, and then keep the Pentecost at Albuquerque, New Mexico, and some of you know the pastor there, uh, Mr. Uh, Savers, John Savers, by oh, my memory. Those senior moments are coming more and more often now, so they may... <laughs> anyway, but we planned on being there uh, for Pentecost, and, and we called them to find out what time they for sure they had their services. And their, their, their church meeting place was just about... less than a mile, I guess, off of the main drag going through, I-40 going through. And uh, we got a motel, uh, or you could look in in front of the motel and see where their building was. You look out our room, you could see the mountain there east of Albuquerque, but anyway, Mr. Savers asked if I wanted to speak, and I said, well, I don't know what the rain situation, you know, that time of year, and we were dodging in and out of the showers, and, uh, I didn't want to, you know, put them out and not be able to make it. So, but we wanted to, if possible, to be in Albuquerque on the day of Pentecost. So, so that's kind of a favorite scripture for us. You know, to, uh, we can identify with with Paul. You know, he didn't know for sure if he could make it, but if it's possible, I want to be there. You know, I want to be there, at, uh you know, Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And we did make it. But anyway. So. Then we were able to make it on the way back. Also, I got one more scripture: First Corinthians 16. First Corinthians 16. And the first part of this, I'm not going to get into that that much because that's another message all in itself too. But this is another classic example of of Sunday services, and I'll just read just a little bit of it. Do it's. I don't have it in my notes, but I see it here. Uh, I'll read this first few verses just as an aside. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection of, for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do you. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you land by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So if you know the answer to that, that's okay. If you don't, look it up. See if you can, see if you can uh, uh, determine whether or not that really is a Sunday service. Uh, I've been to church services where they've had uh, uh, a funeral service there, and on the back of their pews, they've got the little envelopes in here, and, and it has the offering envelopes, and it'll have that scripture in here every Sunday. You know, you lay, you know, you take your money out, put it in that and then you pass it in, you put it in the you know come by so but I, but i'll tell you this is not a sunday service as they say uh, and that's another message if I, if I don't cover it somebody else will but anyway i'll go down and down to where i had and actually added my notes first uh, Corinthians sixteen verse seven and eight for i will not see you now by the way but i but i trust to tarry or means to wait a while with you layover uh, if the Lord permit but I will tarry or wait be with you you know but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost so Paul this was even same time period I I had roughly around 59 AD but there's a lot of situations where Paul really missed his opportunity if if he was going to uh, change the Sabbath to uh, Sunday he missed his opportunity because he Kept right on doing the same thing. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of references, many references in the New Testament showing that the apostles and the New Testament church for years were still keeping the Sabbath and, and the annual holy days. And, and several of them are mentioned just like that. We, we covered quite a bit today just on Pentecost and and uh, how important it was and the days of unleavened bread. And there's others that. That we didn't mention, you know, Paul said, even as you are unleavened, you know, he was correct in the Corinthian church there, uh, you know, and I think you probably covered that. We were gone during the Passover, my wife and I, this year. We kept it in uh, California with uh, our daughter Becky that was here, and uh, it was a real good Passover, and we got to view some of the stuff going on here, but anyway, uh, there are a lot of scriptures in the New Testament, if a person is aware of it and and, uh, understand what it is. So, anyway, um, happy countdown, happy Pentecost to you when it comes, and to all your mothers out here, uh, happy Mother's Day tomorrow. I had a chance yesterday evening and went to the store to pick up some late items about six o'clock, and and, uh, there was a couple of ladies at the meat market where I wanted to get some of the ribeye steaks and, uh, you know, bargain price, and, oh, they were good, I mean, they look good, but, anyway, I, I told them, if, if you're mothers, well, happy Mother's Day to you, but, so, happy Mother's Day to all of you young mothers no mothers. <laughs>